Courtesy of BowSports.com and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Welcome into the show that we so lovingly now bow on Bulls, the show totally, utterly, and foreverly dedicated to the Chicago Bulls and NBA talk. I am Big Dave. I'm C What's going on? Whoa. Shit. Go ahead. I'm listening. Okay. I, I'm I'm turning on the Bears game at the same time you're doing this. So I'm Oh yeah, I forgot the Bears on. I totally yeah. Go ahead though. Go ahead. Talk. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, and actually the uh Davis uh have other important things matter. So I watched the Bears game. So welcome to ball, ball on bulls. And today's guest of the day is Andre Williams from ATL. We know Andre. Andre comes on. He sounds like a cousin, a brother. Some dude you talking to on Thanksgiving while you watching the Bears game and Bulls game. What's up, Dre? What's up, Dre? Hey, man, I, I don't appreciate it. You ain't got to say where I'm, where I'm at, man. You know? Yeah. Hey, you on a business man. trip? And, yeah, you on your business, business trip down south. You know, you travel the world. No one knows, you know, where you stay at. I made a business decision to leave the cold. That's all, man, but I'm still Chicago. You know, I went to the... Went to the Hawks game the other day, and I was letting them know when the Bulls beat them. So I'm still in Chicago. I just live. Yeah, thank you for, for going there. Fans all around the world, <laughs> Chicago Bulls fans, man. So trust me, yeah. no big deal. Thanks, yeah, thanks for going to the game and put doing what you could to allow the Bulls <laughs> to get that victory. I know that that uh definitely didn't hurt uh, you being in the house right there. So thank you very much for that, sir. Thank My you for the game. They won all three. They won all three. Three and zero. There it is. Just like they are right now on this three-game winning streak. Um, yeah, they've beaten the Heat, they've beaten the Hawks, and now they have beaten the Knicks. This is their first three-game winning streak of the season. And I'm glad it came now, glad it came during the holiday season. So now you can go in actually feeling pretty good uh, during the holiday season. But, yeah, uh, we looked very bleak after that Minnesota game uh, where a lot of us uh, – including myself, let me speak for me, uh, lost their damn minds uh, watching the Bulls give up 150 points to the Minnesota <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves, who were without Carl Anthony Towns, who were without Rudy Gobert, who watched D'Angelo Russell hit six threes in the first half, who just watched Nas Reed and some dude named Neil Knight just go crazy on them. The Bulls had a blow up, got into it with Zach Levine. Uh, words were exchanged, and either – Anytime you have those kind of situations, Dre, it either makes you or it kind of breaks you, and it feels like it's kind of making the Bulls right now. Yeah. I think me and you have been been talking about this, like, back and forth mm-hmm. about what was going to happen once that, that blow-up happened. And I kept telling you, I'm like, hey, man, we about to see what they're about. You know, they either, they either some hoes or, I mean, these are my words. <laughs> <laughs> These what are you living again? Yeah, these are my words. And I told them, like, they're either going to be some hoes. You know, you know, that's some Chicago talk. They're either going to be some hoes or they're going to show up. Um, and mostly I was talking about Zach. Um, I've told Dave, I, I think I told Dave when Zach signed the contract, I was like, I hope he don't pull that clutch bullshit. You know, and this is what, you know, what clutch guys do, they get their money. 
and then they try to force their way out of a you know out of a situation and go somewhere they actually wanted to go, but they wanted all their money. And for the first, you know, for a while, it looked like that's what Zach was doing. And I'm glad. I don't know who got in his ass in the locker room in that Minnesota game, but I applaud him because he, he needed it. He needed to be told that he was on some bullshit. And he's, he's shown up. I mean, the last three games looked like a completely different player. Maybe he knew he was, maybe he knew he was acting like a hoe. <laughs> and, he, and he needed someone to tell him that he can't, like, you can't behave like that. Because you got your money now. Zach looks like a completely different person. All of the step back three, like I don't in the last three games, I've seen him take one of those. Mm. Maybe one. Yeah, maybe. That was Zach's go to move over the first twenty five games of the season <laughs> was a step back three for no reason at all. Now he's conducting himself like the, the Zach Levine that we remember. Mid range game, two dribble pull up, getting to the basket, like that game against New York in particular, and, you know, and Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, the quick first step, right, left, getting to the basket and two dribbles layup. It was – it looked like Zach from last year before he got injured. It looked like Zach from the year before, you know, before we got Vooch and we got DeMar. Zach is one of the most talented scoring machines in basketball in the last two games. He's looked like it. I, I appreciate how you playing. Mm. You know, Drake, I've always said that um, Zach is the key to the whole, of course, the whole Bulls future. You know, uh, the top best players got to play great. Uh, the team has invested in Zach, clearly, for for his potential. And if he doesn't play great or get better, and eventually, even past DeMar, then we have issues. And it's kind of sad. Now, we don't know why he was playing the way he was playing. And all of a sudden, he's sort of like, <laughs> light bulb went off. And we, you know, but I, I do wonder, that's not, I do wonder, and I, and I kind of, I don't feel good about a guy who's maybe purposely not playing well. And I hope that wasn't the case. I, I hope not. it was just, yeah, I I hope there's some other reasons. And of course, he was the only guy that has been playing well, but your leaders, and I said this before, your top two or three players set the stage of how the rest of the team plays. If you don't care, the followers aren't going to care that much. And it's going to be, it's going to be reflected on the court as it was being reflected on the court. And these last three games, you've seen Levine actually play with conviction, actually seems to be, seems to care about that game and care about being efficient on the court and valuing possessions, value, valuing, you know, good shots, not shooting fadeaway threes to the left for no reason because you're bored and you haven't shot the ball in two minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we've yeah. seen that last three games. Um, but this team has been, you know, up and down. And Dave, I do wonder how long can this be sustained as far as the whole team playing well with conviction and pride? Yeah, I mean, it's through the lower part of their schedule. But at the same time, um, they're beating quality teams in their conference, which is key. Uh, because the Eastern Conference, just like the Western Conference, is pretty bunched up. Um, they're 2-0 now against the Heat. Um, that Knicks win was just really huge, not only for their standings, but for their psyche uh, as well. Doing it in Madison Square Garden is colossal. And the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, they play that way against them all the time. And that's also good for your psyche just because of how they lost that last game against the Hawks with uh, A.J. Griffin uh, with his tip-in with 0.5 to go. So with Io getting that same tip-in, 
that that was huge for them. So yeah, like preparation, talent, and a little bit of luck equals a three-game winning streak for the Bulls, and it cures all that ails you when you're winning. So now the talk of blow it up and now the talk of uh, a team in disarray and trade this person and get this person out of here, now it kind of quelled a little bit. You kind of slow it down just just a tad while the Bulls get this uh, victory going on. So hopefully it continues. Hopefully it goes forward uh, because the schedule ain't going to get any easier. I know they got Milwaukee coming up uh, real, real soon, even though they already beat Milwaukee, uh, even when they were kind of still in disarray and figuring shit out, they were, they were still beating Milwaukee. But, but uh, Dre, you were, you were touching on uh, Zach Levine, pause. And you said, um, we, cause I know we, we talked about it a lot. Like you said about his clutch uh, sports um, situation and just how good it feel it felt to see him actually perform. And I think it was more so of Zach just wanting the ball. You know, Zach needed mm-hmm. the basketball. He needed to touch it in some way, shape, or form. And I said this to you, in some way, shape, or form, he needed to know that he's the man. Either mm-hmm. you verbally telling him or you're showing him on the floor. And so on the floor, they're showing him because over the last three games, nobody's had more touches than Zach Levine. Whereas previously, I'm talking about out of the big three, and previously – in the first uh, f- uh, few games of the season, in the first, I believe, nine, whatever, games of the season, he was third uh, behind Vooch and behind DeMar. Now he's on top, and you saw what it led to, you know, the 33-point output. I mean, he was cooking them and catching, yeah. shooting for days, which you know I want him to do so, so damn much. So um, just speak on that a little bit, just the good things that has come out of this as far as uh, Zach Levine and his game. Because I know you said a little bit about it. I, I just – want to go a little bit further into it about what you're seeing on both sides of the ball from him now. Okay. You know, Zach playing like shit doesn't absolve DeMar of his part in the entire thing, right? DeMar is a black hole. And he's a leader on the team. So he has to be able to get, allow Zach to be Zach Levine. Like, mm. we, I know we want Zach to catch and shoot we want him to do maybe like 70 percent of his, his shots should come from that mm-hmm. but he's also a creative guy and he wants to create a little bit so if you're going to be the guy that takes all the shots down the stretch you can't also be the guy that's touching the ball all the time throughout the entirety of the of the game mm-hmm. i think i've, I've told you i, I hear demar to a really really great quarterback a uh, running back running back yeah and what I mean by that is DeMar is the type of player that can bring you home, but you don't want DeMar to be the guy that tries to get you there. He's going to keep a lead. He's going to keep you close. But in the game where you're getting blown out, you're losing by 10 or 12, I'm sure if I'm Zach Levine, I would be getting annoyed. Like, this motherfucker, he's taking another mid-range dunk. We're down by 13. It's the fourth quarter. He's taking another mid-range dunk. Okay, I'm done. Like, I can understand why Zach would get annoyed by that even though the way that he handled it wasn't right, why he would be annoyed. Mm. You have to allow a guy like Zach Levine, like you said, to feel like he's part. And if all you're asking him to do is bail us out of like five seconds left on the shot clock stuff or stand in the corner stuff, then yeah, he's going to become malcontent. And that's exactly what happened. 
But now that he's getting his touches, and I told you earlier um, today or even last night, it's not even about the shots. I don't think it's about the shooting. Because I, I think it's about the shooting. 17 shots this, um, yesterday. It wasn't that many shots. It wasn't a lot. So it's not about taking 25 shots a game. DeMar is always going to take more shots. But you do have to allow Zach to initiate something, to do something other than just stand in the corner or bail us out. And, uh, you know, have him just watch DeMar sit at the top of the key and shoot mid-range jump shot after mid-range jump shot. And part of that is on Billy. Part of it is on Zach. And a lot of it is on DeMar because he's older than, than Zach. He's played, in, he's played in the NBA longer than Zach. He understands about playing with another elite basketball player. I don't think Kyle Lowry is elite. But that's another discussion for another day. But he's he knows elite. about playing. He's, he's not elite. <laughs> yeah. But he knows how to play with other good players. So I'm sure he has to realize, man, all I'm doing is shooting a lot. So maybe maybe I should get this, let this other guy do stuff. It'll allow him to be fresher now the end of the games, and then he can hit those game-winning shots. He can hit all those fadeaways to keep us closer, keep us with the lead. So it's not just on Zach. It's on everybody. It's yeah, DeMar had, DeMar had 21 shots and Zach had 22. Okay. I want to push back. I want to push back on you a little bit because this is part of the reason why – when I was saying that Zach at some point has to get these be better than Lamar to be the best player on his team, obviously. And he does have opportunities with Lamar not on the floor to show out, to show his skill set with uh, scoring. You know, he comes out and plays with the second unit sometimes, or sometimes he comes back on the floor. The first unit, they do play without each other plenty of times. So I think there are plenty of times that Zach has opportunity. I don't think it's lack of opportunity to show or lack of opportunity to get shots. Now with them on the same, on the same, uh, you know, for the same time, start the game. I could hear that a little bit, but it's four quarters. That's the vast, that's the vast and majority you know, of the time, though, is playing but, together. But we watch basketball, man. You know, you know, like if you don't, want, if if you want to be the best player on the team, be the best player on the team. That doesn't mean we he, just talked about we just talked about earlier though about him not checking out, right, or not, you know, the contract issue, or whatnot. You can still not shoot fadeaway left, fadeaway three-point shots, fade left. I, I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with you. And I told, I said the way that he handled it mm-hmm. wasn't the, the right way. But having said that, if you play 80% of your minutes with the guy, and I, I'm just throwing out the number. I don't know how what mm-hmm. the percentage of the, the, the minutes are that he's playing with DeMar and with Vooch. But if the vast majority of your minutes are played with a guy that's dominating the ball, it's like – it's very difficult to get to get in your bag. And now well, they're like, I mean, the same thing happened last year with Vooch. It was like, okay, and they, they made a concerted effort at the beginning of the season. When we start the season, we throw the ball down to Vooch because two games. they just didn't. <laughs> yeah, for two games. But they just didn't. And now they're doing it now where they'll start the game off and they'll get Vooch going a little bit, give him a couple shots. But the vast majority of the time, once Lonzo was gone, was just mm-hmm. give the ball to De- to Demar and let Demar be Demar, and that's a difficult thing to swallow when you're a guy that can average 25 points a game or you're a center that can post up. It's hard to 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 be like, okay, now he's on the bench. Now is my time to shine. Even though like the first eight minutes, I really didn't get. The point yet. Okay, so I, I'm not just, just saying for 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 Zach. I'm saying for Boots mm-hmm. too, and everybody yes. else that's involved yes. in the Bulls. I'm glad you said that because it's been times, and I don't know, I test Dave during the game, where especially early in the season, DeMar, and to your point, he's a black hole, even though he, sometimes he gets like, but yeah, 10 assists the last game. 
Uh, obviously, he's passing the ball a little bit last couple of games, being more of a team player. But we seen if you watch the games where Vooch pins a guy down, DeMar just looks at him oh like, that's nice. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> you know, and he took a jump shot. And I'm like, uh, that's being an asshole. Like, you looked at the man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't had a shot in two minutes. And you think your 15 foot jump shot is behind more how about you shot than a, a five foot hook shot in the paint and get to, to get somebody in foul trouble. So I figured yeah. that DeMar, DeMar's, yeah. DeMar's does, he's not, you know, he does the, right. He does I suck in a lot of offense. I love him. He does. I love him. But yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you have to. But you have to. This is what I've been harping at for the last two and a half years. You just can't have two got two wing guys dribbling the ball eighty percent of the time, top of the key. You know, you have a potential all star center, and that's why I got on Billy for coaching. I'm like, how many years do you have to take your does it take to get your team to to understand basketball, which is pass the ball sometimes to your center, <laughs> like. This is you can't just win with Demar even lean getting frustrated shooting jump shots all the time. And, this and is literally you, you where they miss all time. You have to bounce right, and that's something you know, Dave and I, Dave especially, is harping on that these guys, of course, Zach Levine plays much better with the legit point guard, but you don't have one. And coaching yeah. and the team has to understand that you just can't win games by just shooting jump shots all the time. Taking you know, you have to. Get your other potential awesome. Not a regular. He's not a regular player. He's a potential awesome. He's not. Ball. He's not regular like, guy. This is not rocket science. You know, One of the most talented is. centers in the league. Right. And, and you're just, opting to he, not use take, him. And he takes like five shots in the first quarter. You know, he he will go. He will go. He go a whole quarter without scoring. I've seen it. I'm like, he has to touch the ball all in the paint. At all. Or it's always like a pick and pop, or yeah, like so, some 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 three point yeah. at the top of the key. When he has so many different skill sets exactly. that you can use. And so teams want to run a zone against the Bulls. You can, you can put him in the in the Draymond Green spot where, you know, he's the roller. Um, you want to post him up. You can post him up. You can top of the key stuff. Like, it's a mm-hmm. bunch of things you could do with him. But a lot of times, and it's I'm, I'm saying DeMar because he's the, the, mm-hmm. the de facto point guard at this point. He, he opts to not do it. The person yeah. that uh, Zach actually runs, well, I, I want to many of those five assists he had were to Vooch. Because I feel like mm-hmm. these three of them were. Because he runs that pick and pop with them. He dumps the ball down to him. He gets the ball to him a lot. Like he, he, he tries to get the ball to him. Which is weird because DeMar and Vooch played with each other before. You would think they would have more of a, of a chemistry when they're playing on the floor together. But they don't. They occupy the same on the court the chemistry together because they want to be in the same spot. <laughs> I'll say, listen, when, when, um, Dre, when you say he opts not to do that, the first thing I thought was, yeah, but that's literally been him his whole career. So it's hard for me to get on him for doing what he's always done. Like the only way I know him to be a efficient and solid passer like that is when he has shooters around him. Because I remember it working in San Antonio that way when they just they he had the lane it was his and they just surrounded him with shooters. This one's a little different because even though you know he played with Vooch, you know Vooch is in the lane. You know what I mean? And so Vooch, being the smart, intelligent basketball player he is, tries to get Pops out up. the lane. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Gets out of there and he's like, okay, great. I can I can do this as well. You know, I can shoot as well. You know, I'm better inside, but I can shoot as well. But you're DeMar DeRozan. You know what I'm saying? You're the king in the fourth. Like, what you want me to do? 
So I, I get that. You know what I'm saying? And so it's hard to change that habit, especially what is he year 12, year 13 in, in his career. So it's hard for him to get, get that change. So I give him actual props for it, actually putting in that effort to try to change that because we, I've said this to you, Dre, like I've, I've wanted DeMar to, when they run offensive sets, I wanted him to be like the fourth or fifth person that touched the ball. You know, like when the ball is swinging and going around, then I wanted to touch him. I don't want him to touch it early because he touches it early. He's shooting period. I don't, you don't care what the shot clock is. You don't care what's going down. You saw it yesterday. Like when he touched it early, it's going up. Exact the same way. When he touched it early, that, that joint going up, man. All right. So I just need them to know who he is because I know who he is. You know what I'm saying? Like I need them to understand and become that realization of the kind of player that he is. And it feels like they, they kind of are, they, they're figuring that out who, who he is uh, and, and where he can fit in as far as facilitating uh, on his team. Now, Vooch, like like Dove said, like I've been crying about it and yelling about it for a while. And Dre, I know I, you've heard it too, but um, I just wanted them to run the offense through him. It was I know Dub was more on you know getting it to him in the post and and you know letting him dominate and do his thing down there, which is which is not incorrect. Uh, I'm just saying my point. My my point was I wanted the offense just to run through him because one he was your best passer. And two, he's your highest IQ player out there in the starting lineup. So when you got those two things, I think you should be the dude that, you know, finds everybody. Um, And you saw them do that, like you said, for about a couple games. They ran it through him and and it looked great, right? Like it looked looked really good. In this Nick game, what I did like was they they didn't do it at first. Like he was shooting threes early. You know what I'm saying? But his jumper was working. That, that, that's another key thing. Like his jumper ain't been working the past couple of years. That little mid-range joint, it ain't been dropping like that. It, it's been dropping the past few games for him. That opens up a whole new thing. But what I do like is when I saw Billy realize that he was shooting a whole lot, they started giving him the ball in the paint more and yeah. letting him facilitate and letting him go to the hole. Like you saw him doing one-on-ones, you know what I'm saying, with cats. And guys getting out the way and letting him do that on Robinson, you know what I'm saying, on, on Hartenstein and, and stuff like that. So I appreciate that aspect of it. But I do agree they went to it a couple times, then then they went away. Um, hopefully they, they go back to it because against Milwaukee, that this should continue, honestly. Definitely yeah. should. Yeah, Dr- are you worried about them going back? I guess to piggyback on what Dave was asking, are you worried about them going back to – yeah, they won a couple of games, and Zach and Demar kind of think it's money, maybe them, and they go and they go back to what they did early in the season and not running in place for Vooch, and they fall back to the old habits. Is that a word, word that you have? I think with a team that isn't very good, falling back into bad habits is always like a worry. Um, the only thing we can do at this point is hope that they continue what it is they're doing. Hmm. We have a thing that's working. Sharing the ball. I think everybody says it all the time. The Bulls offense is best when they're moving the ball around. Guys are moving and everything is fluid. So hopefully they all realize this is the way that we have to play offensively to win. So the offense I'm not really worried about. Even in the worst of times, you lose lose to, to Minnesota and give up 192 points or whatever it was. They still scored over 100 points that game. What did they score? 125? <laughs> they scored like scoring isn't the issue for this team. Mm-hmm. The defense is the issue for this team. 
and they have to get an understanding of what it takes to be a good defensive team before any of the offensive stuff even comes into my mind because the biggest issue they have is always on the other end of the floor. And it's going to be even more difficult because they don't have Caruso. Obviously, you're not going to have Lonzo. Javante has been gone. Derek Jones Jr. has been gone. Like, every, like guys that you can kind of depend on to be active defensively, they, they all, they're all out. So the main components have to be better. Like, I loved what I saw from Zach um, yesterday. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. R.J. Yeah. Barrett was cooking everybody. Jamar, mm-hmm. Jamar was getting pretty. It was fried. He was on the plate. Zach was like, you know what? Couple possessions, I got to take this dude. Like I have to. When you saw Zach pressuring him, outrunning him off the three-point line, making sure he couldn't get the basketball. Like we need that type of effort from Boots. We need that effort from Demar. We need that effort from Zach all the time. Man, it can't be a one-off. Yeah, I want, I want to go back to the blow. I agree. I want to go back to the so-called you know blow-up discussion wherever they had in Minnesota because to your point. These last uh, three games, uh, we've seen them pick up their game defensively too, as well, not just offensively. I know prior to this the the win streak, um, we had a podcast. We kind of focus on the on the offense because generally, you know, the Bulls are generally top ten, or whatever, and um, defense they're pretty solid. But it's, it's it's good to see that whatever was addressed, both ends of the floor, was addressed and sort of fixed these last um, three games, but. Overall, though, for the team, Dre, is it just par for the course, the argument for a young team? Because, you know, there's a you know, certain part of the fan base or whoever you are that may panic and say, oh, we got to blow it up. You got to trade, you know. Um, but the front office has said that Billy's here forever or whatever <laughs> and that <laughs> he wants to grow a team, which means that you have to go through ups and downs. He doesn't want to have build a team where he's constantly training guys every two years. So yeah. so I know that I think the media had requested for the front office to talk talk to them and sort of like address um, the team, address, address about the team for the fans, whatnot. But they just, but they said no, and part of it because I think AK and Eversley just think, no, this is part, part for the course. This is part of the groin. We want them to go through these pains. We don't want it to be solved in like in December. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like we signed Billy for a reason. Like him and like him and hit him. He's still building. He's there. So you're going to have to adjust to what he's doing. You know, the young players around, uh, on the team so far, um, when they as they get better, develop, they develop with Demar, develop with Levine, so they kind of grow into their roles over the years. So, mm-hmm. you know, this this irrational, you know, let's trade them right away. I think the front office saw it as sort of just this part of the question, man, just part of the journey for this team to get better. Is that something that you're you're thinking? You're thinking? Yeah, I, I agree. I think when it, when everything came out, most people were just like, "What the hell? Like, you know, what's going on with the Bulls?" But it is, it is a thing that happens in the NBA, um, especially, like you said, with a young team. They're going to fight. Everybody's not going to like each other all the time. I think the Bulls have a cast of very, very cool-ass characters, right? Everybody's really even killed. Nobody gets too over the top. They're real smooth. And in the NBA, that, that shit don't work more often than not. Like, there has to be some tension. There has to be. It can't be everybody's cool and calm as kumbaya and everybody love each other all the time. That's not real life. 
these are real human beings with real different personalities and you're trying to mesh them all together. It's not always going to be nice. And sometimes when a dude isn't doing what you expect of him, someone should call his ass out and tell him to do what we expect you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, have you ever seen a family that just, they love each other but don't ever fight? Right. Realistic. It's not real life. That's not telling the truth. You know, yeah. yeah. No, you're At absolutely all. right. I, we I've said that a million I've said this a million times. Though. Like everybody's cool, you know what I'm saying? But who's the ass? Who's the asshole? Who's the one to to be that fire? Because for me, it's Daylon Terry. It's just that he's a rookie, so you can't yeah, do that yet. So you can't really do it yet. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't do it. Holler at me year two. Ooh, <laughs> I can't I wait to see him. Who, year I want to know who told Zach. I want to know who told Zach. That's bullshit now. Exactly. <laughs> personally, I personally, I think it was Dragic. Personally, I think it was Dragic. I think it was Dragic. Personally, uh, just hearing what Dragic had to say yeah, in his comments true. after that went off, because he is a asshole. If anybody knows how to be an asshole, <laughs> it's him. He knows it. He's from the. You, you saw him with the Heat. That's what he was doing. He yeah. was all about that life. He is about that life. You know what I mean? He he does that. So I think it came from him, honestly. But I said that, yeah, Drake, me, yes, everybody's cool. Like, everybody's cool. And honestly, I don't have a problem with it. Like, everybody being cool and everybody being nice and kumbaya, I'm cool with all that. I'm just saying you need one. You got to have one who is that dude that is going to be that goon. You can't win without it. It's impossible. Like, not in the NBA, not in any sport. Somebody's got to be the agitator. You know, somebody's got to get on your nerves. got to be real bad. Yeah, Dragic to walk up to you and say, "Hey, man, yeah, you want some bullshit on defense?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Hey, you trash out here, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like seriously, yo, seriously. It, it was on display in 4K, dude. Everybody saw that miss like five assignments in one game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what are you doing? Like, dude, and, um, it got, and I like it because it, it even, but but it even came back to the point that it came full circle because in that game against the Knicks, you saw when Dragic missed his assignment. That he was supposed to be on Zach stopped and looked right at him like, "Hey, dude, what you doing?" You know what I mean? Like it was it was that kind of thing that I like. Like I saw more guys, you know, holding people accountable out there. You know what I'm saying on the floor, and you don't have to do it by yelling at them on the floor. You don't have to do it. You know what I'm saying by trying to embarrass somebody. Some people it works that way for. It. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it has to be a conflict. It has to be a hey man, we can't be like that. Hey man, we got to do it like this. Or you be like, hey man, what the fuck are you doing? You know what I'm saying? We got to be on this, dog. Like, stop playing. I don't care how it comes out. I just care that it comes out because they got to hear this, man. Like, you got to, you can't be all cool with it. And you, you know who you are on this team. You know what I'm saying? You know who you're, and I'm not trying to tell nobody to change. I don't want them to change. That's what got them to the league and got them being successful. I don't want them to change anything about themselves. But I'm just saying, go get that one guy. And it felt, for me, it feels like Dragic is that. The problem is that they that he wasn't being who he was. That's the problem. Like, exactly. This is not you. Like, we've watched you shoot 50, 40, 87, 50, 40 something for like four, three straight years. And now all of right. a sudden, you're shooting 42% from the field and 30 something from three. This is not who you are. Like, you're not the best defender, but goddamn, I've seen you actually try. And if it was Dragic, then that probably really that burned him, I'm sure. Because he's like, man, this dude. He really fucking bad on defense. He walking up to me and telling me I'm trash. Yeah, it's a reason why because he's sitting on the bench watching you not give the effort that he will at least do. Yeah, I'm not asking you to be some two way player of all time. 
I'm asking you to give an effort. That's it. And I'm fairly certain everybody else was like thinking the same thing. And then when someone finally said it, everybody was like, yeah, mother, <laughs> you think <laughs> you're garbage right now. Yeah. yeah, it was an avalanche. And that's why all of that came. He got it. Long story short, Zach got his feelings hurt. Mm. And in life, sometimes that's okay for you to get your feelings hurt. If mm. what's hurting your feelings is the truth. Mm. He got told the truth. It hurt his feelings. He went home and evaluated what was said to him like a grown-ass man is supposed to do. Yeah. Then he came out and he started to perform. Now what yep. we're going to see is whether or not it continues to go along this path. Zach looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, I went to the game in Atlanta, and it really looked like we were about to lose that game. It really, really did. And then he was just like, no. No, I'm not taking this fadeaway jumper. I'm taking these dribbles around to the mid-range. I'm pulling up. And the shots, I don't know how they look on TV, but I was right behind um, the Bulls' um, basket. So I'm looking at him. I'm, these were very, very difficult shots to hit with yeah. guys flying at him. Very, very high-difficulty shots. He's putting it together. It really feels like he took what was said to him to heart after being very light skin. He's very light skin at first. Then he realized that what was saying to him was not to hurt him, it was to help him. And it seems like he's evaluated and he's adjusted. So hopefully it continues to go along that path. So, so what is this? Uh, so we see the, the, the little, you know, dispute or whatever, lack of own words, whatever, be a good thing so far. I, I can't help but think this is a, a, a very, very positive thing to happen and it's going to have influence on the team going forward. The fact that, that now, someone really got into a, a star player or players and they responded, which means that when something needs to be said going forward in the future, people should be a little more, you know, less uh, apprehensive about approaching their teammates and critiquing them, mm -hmm. right? So that means now we have, now the team is probably having more honest communication about their play. And which could only mean that the team is learning, oh, this is how we win. Okay, you know, instead of instead of instead of people being quiet for a week, things I said early on, because now they know the ice has been broken. You can say these things to 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 your teammates, and your teammates can respond, you know, correctly. Which means that if stuff ups ha happen and again, you'll see certain people who probably become leaders on the team. If it, if a driver is fine, then he could be a voice. You can now approach your team and critique your teammates. And with the goal of getting better as a team and winning games, so I can see this just just being just a big positive for the growth of the Bulls um, going forward for the year. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with that too. Like, it, yeah, it should look like a positive because they look like a whole different team, and they were missing several players. Like their best mm -hmm. defender was gone, and now it's Caruso. You know, Javante Green hasn't played in a while. I'm starting to reevaluate that word contusion. Because at first, when I would hear contusion, I thought it meant, okay, you out a game or two. These cats be out for weeks with a contusion, bro. Like, I'm starting to reevaluate what the hell a contusion is, for real. Kobe meant the um, whole beginning of the season with a contusion. Yeah, straight up, right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. Um, One of the other guys that is, is also finding his uh, rhythm right now in that is Kobe White. And it feels like this is kind of when he found his rhythm, like, last year. Um, 
if you remember, like he got off to that slower start because he was hurt. So when he was out, like I think early November and came back and, you know, it was off to a slow start. Then he caught, you know, fire and he didn't stop. The difference I feel with this one is it feels more controlled and it's not like surprise. Like he's getting to the point where I expect him to hit these threes in the fourth quarter. And it's getting to the point where I expect him to be a solid defender against someone in the fourth and, and during the game. And Kobe has always had, as, <laughs> as, as people like to say, that dog in him. So when I saw him go up against Jalen Brunson and Brunson tried to strong arm and start talking shit to him a little bit, and Kobe was not going for it. And immediately the next play, he clamped his ass up. You know what I'm saying? And then hit the fourth quarter and hit two huge threes uh, for the Bulls. Like, he's being more controlled in what he's doing. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm just really liking what I'm seeing, man. It's like he's, he himself, just like Vooch was, is like kind of finding his role. And he's mm-hmm. not making those ridiculous turnovers and going one on four all the time. He still was doing it early on. But he's not doing it as much. So... I guess my question is, is this going to be like we saw last year where he got off to this like kind of start where he, I believe, man, cause I sure counted them last year. I believe it was either 16 or 18 straight games. He was in double digit points until the all-star break. So mm-hmm. do you think it will continue that way or, and then the fall off comes, or do you think this is who he is and he can remain consistent uh, throughout the year? Doug, you want to go? Yeah. Um, I like what you said when you talked about Kobe's defense because for majority of the year, man, he's been, like, active as hell. Mm-hmm. Even when he wasn't getting shots or scoring, he was dabbling on the floor. We've seen several times he's done that. It's just everywhere. He is putting an effort on defense, which is kind of, you know, contrast that with to what Levine was doing early on. It's like, you're not doing that. White's doing this, and he's not even getting shots in all the minutes. So I love the fact that White has understood, like, okay, I can affect the game more ways than just scoring. I can really give all effort into my defense and, um, you know, and impact the game. And and I, I do like his – he seems like he's settled in more, Dave, with um, the offense and the expectations of the offense and uh, what he needs to do on the floor. Um, Stacey King, as every game has commented on, his ball handling has gotten a lot better. Uh, I still maintain he's not a three-point shooter. He shoots for ease. He's been a scorer. I think he's he's sacrificed his offense for the Bulls. You know, he likes to hand the ball and be a little more freelance on the court. But on this team, he can't do that. He has to, like, settle with just shooting threes and capitalizing. He shouldn't be on doing that in, in general. He's, he's not not too great. No, he can, but but that's what he wants to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he wants to do. And we've seen games like that a couple years ago. He first came in, yeah. you know, run around the place, and picking rolls and shooting floaters. And that's what he wants to do. But he can't do that, which is fine. Sometimes in the NBA, you find out what you're good at. And on this team, you know, his role is to shoot more majority threes. Uh, hopefully get to the point where he could run still a little more point guards. I don't mind him sometimes. Uh, uh, if you could run the office a little bit, that'd be kind of cool. But, but, um, but yeah, I, I like overall what I've seen from him this year. And I like the fact that his ball hand has improved. He's improved his defense. His overall, like, it just feels like his out is – just look, we look at him on the floor, it like he's playing basketball. Like he wants to be out there. He wants to win. And that, like I said, diving, making the effort plays. And, and seeing that, you, you hope to inspire the teammates, but <laughs> that wasn't working. But still, for him, uh, I think it's a great thing. That's, that's what I've been impressed with mostly with uh, Kobe White, just his effort on defense 
interestingly enough, this is, I mean, is going to sound like a broken record, but he normally plays his best basketball when Vooch is on the floor with him. Like when he's able to run the offense, he looks good when Vooch is there. <laughs> so, you know, because Vooch is just great. But, yeah, what you're saying about his defense, his effort, um, it was things that he was working on in the offseason. Like he had, there was a couple of videos of him working on active hands, having his hands, his hands active. You know, playing defense with your hands in a guy's face or in a passing lane so he can't just get to where he wants to go or pass to where he wants to pass it. He's doing those things because, like you said, he wants to do, you're not going to be able to get on this team. You're not running point guards. You're not coming off the screen and shooting a million fadeaway jump shots. You are going to catch and shoot, and there's going to be the occasional opportunity for you to drive to the basket and lay the ball up. So if that's all you can do on offense, there are so many other things you can do defensively. Like, And I, I, I like what you said, Dave, about him having dog in him because I feel like you guys saw it on the telecast, but Trey was talking shit to him. Trey yeah. was cooking him. He was yeah. talking shit to him. Plenty. And um, I think this was a continuation of that. It's like, okay, Jalen cooked us the last time we played them. The last two times, actually. Mm-hmm. And he's talking shit to me. I'm going to step up, and I'm not going to allow that to happen. Like, it was nothing I could do with Trey Young. But I'm going to do something with this motherfucker right here tonight. Like, I'm not about to allow you to get 30 points on us and cook us from three point. I'm not going to do it. He does have dogs for all the faults that Kobe has. Mm-hmm. The one thing you cannot say about Kobe White is that he a bitch. He's definitely not that. No. You're not going to punk him. That's not happening like at any point in the game, even if you're getting the best of him. And I do appreciate the effort that he's putting in. Like you said, Doug, he is finding his spot in the NBA. He's finding out what it is he's capable of doing to help a team. And I want to keep him. And I know yeah. I didn't say that last year. <laughs> I was like, get rid of him. But I want to keep him. No, you were you were in the majority last year. Nobody wanted to to keep uh, Kobe White because of the fall off that they saw. And you know everybody cried about his defense, but I've been talking about his defense for years, like and just how it improved and how it keeps getting better and how it, like I I don't know why people didn't see it. You know maybe they didn't want to see it, but I'm to. I'm glad they're seeing it now. Is is my point? I'm glad that it's visual to you now because now you're not a liability on the floor anymore. You know, now I can keep you on the floor because you're doing, you're just playing defense. I don't, you can go one for eight, but I can still keep you on the floor. You know what I mean? And still give you an opportunity in the fourth quarter because that's why I've seen you cook and that's why I've seen you get hot. Um, before I move on to something, yeah. I just want to, I just want to say this stat to y'all real quick because you all, I've just been such a proponent of Zach Levine catching and shooting the damn ball. And oh yeah. I'm just, I'm just sick of him, you know, dribble, 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 shoot. Like, like, I just don't like what he does. The two Dre, we did two pull that game, the two games, it was two dribble pull-ups all game. I'm like, thank don't you see how easy it is? Like, just that easy. The guy's off you, one, two dribble pull-up. He gets back on you, drive to the lane. Don't have to make it so difficult. Right, Yeah, with frequency, I'll give you the two point. And we'll just talk about dribbles, okay? So with I'll, I'll let you pick, Chris. So between zero dribbles, one dribble, two dribbles, three to six dribbles, or seven plus dribbles, which one you want in? <laughs> I'm gonna say three dribbles. From three to six dribbles, okay. That's where is frequently. That's where he does more. Is is that he's 21 percent of the time? That's the most. Then we're just talking about two pointers, okay? Two pointers, 21 mm-hmm. percent of the time. He's shooting 40 percent from two point when he does that he's shooting 32 percent from three 
when when he does that. Three. This is three to six dribbles. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's that's not terrible. You know, but it's not great. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's that's, not that's like great. Eight seconds off the eight seconds off the shot clock. Right. Right. <laughs> now, when he when he does seven plus dribbles, when he dribbles a lot, uh, he t- his uh, uh two point field goal goes up to what is it here? I want to make sure I got it right for him. Fifty percent. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Let me refresh that. Let me refresh that. Three to six dribbles. It was forty-two percent. When he's seven plus dribbles, that's forty-seven percent. That's the efficient field goal percentage that he's hitting with. Now, just that's, a regular field goal percentage, it's thirty-eight percent from three to six okay. dribbles, okay. and seven plus dribbles, it's forty-five percent. That's his field goal percentage. You know what I'm saying when when he's doing those things. Okay. Now, say the best. Say the best for last. Yeah, <laughs> this is just fit. This is just field goal percentage. I, I'm just going to field goal percentage right now. That's it. Okay, so when it's zero dribbles, when it's zero dribbles for Zach, his field goal percentage is 48%. When it's one dribble, it's 46%. When it's two dribbles, it's 50%. That's that's pick and roll. <laughs> and and of everything he does. One dribble and two dribbles are the least frequent things that he does. <laughs> but See? he shoots better when he does that. This is just field goal. Now, for me, it was the three-point shooting because that's the one I, I complain about the most is the three-point shooting. So mm-hmm. I, I had to look at that. When he's seven-plus dribbles, he set, he's 25%. Okay? When, he, when he's three to, three to six, he's 32. When he's two dribbles, 31. When he's one dribble, he's 34. When he's zero dribbles, he's 42% from the three-point line. Point guard, Dave. He's a point guard. Catch and sh- his catch and shoot numbers from three, he's 44%. <laughs> you know, like when, when Zach takes catch and shoot shot, I feel like in his mind, he's like, okay. No. Drake, <laughs> okay. I keep saying it. Same thing. I keep saying the same thing. He thinks it's too boring. He's too cool for school. Nah, I can't. I gotta make it look pretty. I gotta fade away left and you know lean this way, double pump, shoot the ball. You know what's wild like, man. is the stuff that he worked on in the offseason was literally jumping up and down without fading and shooting. That's, That's what he worked, what he worked on. on. That's really exactly cool. what he worked on. And instead yeah. of going to the stuff that he worked on, like, I'll face it right. How <laughs> about this? He's trying to fade up, trying to Fly fade to back right. on this side. <laughs> Like you're wide open. Why are you fading? You like you need to go. Who is he with? Hamlin? Hamlin? Is that who is he? Is that what he's with? I think so. No, I think you're right. I think it's him. The white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the white guy needs to slap him. Like, what do we work on? What do we work? Stop fading. Just jump up and shoot, please. For the love of God, you shoot forty four percent from the three. You need to jump up and shoot. Don't do it though. If he wants to fade, he wants to fade. Please get in the post and learn to learn to post up a fade. That'd be great, Zach. I'm gonna see that you have he, to. He, he also worked on that all <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta want to do it, man. Right shoulder, yeah. left shoulder. You gotta let him. You definitely have to let him do it. He did a cut. I, I want to say it was against. Um, it may have been Atlanta. No, not Atlanta. Miami. He may have posted a few times and created some yeah. offense out of the post a couple times. Um, in that mm-hmm. game, and it looked good. I'm like, oh wow, that, that looks like what I want him to do. <laughs> yeah. And then he's continuing, you know, on with good offense. I think the problem with the Bulls sometimes, and, and it's for DeMar and Zach 
specifically is that they are more um, goal oriented, not process. And I was saying that all through the Atlanta game. Very like, good okay, They missed the shot, but the process of how they got that shot was right. You should do this 100% of the time. Screw mm-hmm. the result. Even when the result isn't going the way you want to, you want to know who this is a perfect, a perfect example of a team that did those Spurs teams. They were process oriented. We're going mm-hmm. to do this thing because this is what works, and we're going to do it until we drive you insane. Regardless of if this guy misses that open three pointer over there, Bruce Bowen might miss that open three pointer. Kobe might miss that open three pointer, yeah. but it's an open three pointer. What are you talking? Yeah. That's a better shot than you shooting a fadeaway mid-range over a guy who has a 7-7 wingspan. <laughs> the process is what matters, and I, I and it has to get to a point where Billy has beat it into their head, process over result. So The results I, will I, come. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, because I think, I think Zach is – I hate to sound like I'm like a – You <laughs> I'm are. Like the NBA, but, <laughs> but, 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 but what I watch – you know, like I mentioned every time we watch all the great two guards and whatever in NBA history, we know that we, as fans, know what it, look, what it looks like to be efficient as a two guard. It's not looking pretty. It's being boring. Like Kenny Gill talks about Jordan all the time. He's like, I know what Jordan's going to do every time, but I couldn't stop it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Kobe had the same shots all the time. Wade had the same shots all the time. Mm-hmm. We knew every game what shots going to get where he's going to be on the court. The process got them that shot, and it's a good high percentage of shot. It wasn't about looking pretty or being bored with the shot. It's about winning. Could that boring shot gets you a higher percentage opportunity for the ball going in the hoop, and it gives you a better chance of winning, not shooting fadeaways for no reason. And I think hopefully that Zach, that gets to Zach, that he understands that. If someone is in his ear, to your point, like – I know you I know you could do all these crazy fadeaways left and right for no reason, but that little two dribble pull up is boring as hell. Everyone does it, but guess what? You could do it every night and drop 30, 25, 30 points and go home and don't be tired. No, Chris, that was oh, okay. Damn sure on point. I mean, like you said, greatness is boring. Like when you think of all your greats, especially when they got into their prime and you know, and they got to winning. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about when it was early on. And guys were just exciting the league, you know what I'm saying? And just, oh, this is amazing, you know, doing all that. Talking about when they found the groove, you know, a few years in, you know, late 20s, you know, it's time to win kind of situation. It was boring for all of them, Shaq included. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it, was, it was boring. You knew what was coming. Over the shoulder. Over yeah, the shoulder. You, <laughs> you, knew, you knew what was happening. Elijah Wan, all of them, dog. Like, Bird, Mad. I mean, all of them, you knew what was going to happen. And you just couldn't stop it. It's not about, you know, necessarily them. It's the fact you can't stop it. Tony Kukos did the same move his entire career. You couldn't stop it. It didn't matter. Okay, you know what I'm saying? That one hand, crossover, <laughs> dribble, fade It's the hair, man. Every, it's the, hair. the hair flops. Those hypnotizes people to hear. And it's like. You were hazy with the left hand and go left. Like nobody <laughs> go right, with the same right. hand and go that way. <laughs> you do the heavy and you cross over. Nope. Left hand, hazy, left hand, dribble. But I see. have to go because my wife is going to kill me. But I do want to say good. one thing Please. about Zach. Um, and I want to compare him because we're, we're talking about older basketball players that yeah. are process-oriented and they're boring. But the difference between him and a guy like Devin Booker is that Devin Booker is just like, I'm getting to my spot. Mm-hmm. I'm shooting. He'll shoot the occasional three. But if you look at Devin Booker play, because I watch a lot of Suns because I like to hate on Chris Paul, so whenever never went without him, 
It just, you know, it, it warmed my heart. But if you look at Devin Booker play, Devin Booker is a mid-range guy. And Dave, I think I sent this to you in, on, on uh, Twitter. I was like, if you look at all the great scores throughout NBA history, mm-hmm. with James Harden being probably the exception, the mm-hmm. vast majority of them do what? Mid-range, post, angles. They're always in the mid-range. And that's the mm-hmm. difference between him and Devin Booker. Devin Booker doesn't give a damn about looking pretty. And I don't even like Devin Booker. But if you watch him play basketball, it's like, I'm shooting this mid-range jump shot. I'm going to post this guy up and trade away. I'm going to two-dribble pull up. Oh, you've given me a three. Now I'm shooting a three. Oh, now you're pulling up on me. I'm going to the basket. He has made the game offensively very, very easy for himself. And the, 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 the breaking point between him and Zach, to your point, Dub, is that Zach has decided to make the game, in some instances, way more difficult for himself than it has to be. He can mm-hmm. do anything on the court offensively. He chooses to do dumb shit. That's a choice. Ever gets to that point, like, okay, <laughs> this is my spot. Like, like, I was like, man, I wish Kevin Durant would have stayed in his ear throughout, you know, after the Olympics. Like, if you look at Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is quietly having, like, MVP season. Nobody's really talking about it. You know what Kevin Durant is killing everybody from? Two dribble pull-up. Two dribble pull-up. I know. Two same spot. It's, like, same spot. it's always on the elbow. It's always yep. on the, always the goddamn on the elbow. elbow. The elbow <laughs> is where all of the great players make their money. God damn it, Zach. Just go there and shoot. Dre, I've been saying this for every podcast day. What did I say about Zach? Where does he like the goddamn ball? Where does he like the ball? Hopefully, right to your point, you make, but you made a great point, Dre, and you ran down. That's what I'm saying. Like, we've seen it, right? You see it, Dre. And if he's watching, if he's a but he is Zach likes basketball, he watches the greats over the past. He, he watches that, he watched that. You should know that's what you do to you. What, whatever exactly what you said, Dre, Levine should know that by now. Okay, that's what I have to do. I have to be boring, I have to be efficient. Take my okay, this is the shots. real last thing. The real last thing. Mm-hmm. Look at Kobe. When he did all mama mentality, take all the goofy, terrible Kobe stuff out of your game and keep the mere range stuff. If he does that, sky's the limit for that. Because that's all these guys want to be, right? They all want to have the mama mentality, right? But at, like Kobe was exceptionally special at taking terrible shots and hitting them. You don't want to practice Greatest that. Greatest shot maker ever, yeah. Ever. You're not him. So the stuff that he did well, that post-up stuff, the footwork things, pull-up jump shots, all of that stuff in between that he stole from Michael, that's the stuff that you want to steal from him. You don't want to take all that other stuff because you're not that good. He's one of the greatest. You're just really good at basketball right now. But you can get there if you take the good stuff and leave all the bad. See red C-Red. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for listening. Make it a quick. Make sure y'all follow us on Twitter. Make sure y'all check us out uh, at Ball Sports. Dub is at, at Ball Sports One. We're gonna keep it short because it is Christmas Eve and the holiday season, yeah. and I got stuff in the oven that's going off right now that I gotta go get. Uh, Dub, anything you want to add? Yeah. By the way, I think Kobe was the one who told Zach about his defense. I'm just putting it out there. I don't know why. I think Kobe White was the guy that approached Zach. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays um, to everyone. Um, Ballsports.com, B-A-W-S-Sports.com. Check us out. We'll take with the Bulls podcast. And uh, yeah, man, let's enjoy the holiday.
right. Enjoy the holiday. Y'all be cool. Be out. Y'all be wonderful, man. Hope you get everything you need. We out. Peace, love, and all that. Bow. We gone.